how are you, Calvary Church? Come on, how are you, Calvary Church family? Who is glad to be in God's house tonight? Come on, give God a praise tonight across this place. How about a big hand for all the folks watching online right now, the internet church out there. Thank you for joining us. I know my mom's watching. Thank you, mom, so much for always being there. She's the one that says, Mama Sloan here. Just so you know, that's my mother. How many thank God for mamas that still love their kids? Come on, and we just thank God for that. All right, get your Bible out. We're going to go across a lot of Scripture tonight, and uh, our focus tonight is, is really kind of unique to our experience now that there's just a fresh uh, uh, moving of our, our spirit, or God's Spirit in this place among us tonight, and we're going to do some praying. Is that okay? Do you all mind praying in church? That wasn't a very good affirmation. Like you were, do you mind praying in church? Okay, good. Okay, good. Because we're going to pray some tonight. You know, Nehemiah, he, he was an initiator. He, he found the problem and he began to uh, put his heart and soul into solving that problem. But what's amazing is if, if you missed this, you missed the purpose of his life. He, he solved the problem based upon his founded awareness in the word of God. And so you'll hear this tonight, and you'll hear this a lot in my teaching and preaching to you of the Word of God. The most important book in our life is this right here. And we have to live in these pages and understand this book. But out of this book, when you understand what God has said, then it's time to go to work. And so Nehemiah knew what God had said, and Nehemiah knew, I need to get to work. Building God's kingdom is what? It's work, okay? It is spiritual warfare. That's why when you come to service like this, you need to get behind the Holy Spirit moving in our midst. You need to worship like your life depends upon it. Throw your hands in the air like you just don't care. Can I get an amen tonight? Don't come to church and sit like this. I mean, I guarantee you, if you can see what's happening around you in the heavens, you'd be putting your hands as high as you can because God is for you, not against you. God's on your side. You win in the end, and God's got the mountain. And so we're going to tonight talk about Nehemiah from this angle that he was aware of what the Word of God had said, and because of that, he went to work. Now, if you know the Nehemiah story, chapter 1, chapter 2 affirms the fact that the first thing Nehemiah did was he what? He prayed. Okay, then he put together a plan. That's chapter two for our talking tonight. Let me say it to you this way. Nothing in your life can make up for a lack of prayer. And nothing is impossible when you pray. And let me clarify, praying is not talking to your friends about what's hurting your heart. We don't pray to each other. We pray to God. So we're going to clarify that tonight. Philippians chapter 4, don't turn, just listen. It says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I look at that text and think about our life today and how many people on a regular basis struggle with anxious thoughts and difficult thoughts. Yet the scripture says right there to not go that route, but to what? To pray. Now, 
don't confuse worry and praying. They're not the same thing. For a lot of people, their prayer life is a worry expression. They, they, they hit their knees or hit their prayer chair and they begin to kind of express all their distraught. And we should do that. We should tell God how we feel, where we're at. But at the end of the day, we begin to pray on the promises of the word of God. I've been there before when my, when my physical body was feeling some kind of, kind, of, kind of weariness and shiftiness. And you have these thoughts like, I'm going to die. Who's ever thought I'm going to die? Put your hand up high. The rest of you are lying right now. I start declaring Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans you have for me, says the Lord. Plans of good, not of evil, to give me a future. Give me a future. I ain't dying today. And a hope. And so that's the point of prayer that we see in this story of Nehemiah. Now, we know when he first heard of this, he began to pray. Now, before I get to Nehemiah chapter 2, I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 11. And you've heard this before. It's kind of, the, kind of the faith chapter. But I want to lay over top of faith the idea of prayer. Because tonight we're going to learn that prayer is really an example of faith. Let me say this as polite as I can because I know you all like to hear it with sugar on top. If I don't pray, I don't have faith. Because faith and prayer go together. And I'll explain later on, and that's kind of blunt and kind of offensive and not very positive. I am positive if you don't pray, you don't have faith. Because the more faith you have, the more prayer you're going to have, and the more you pray, the more faith you have. It's like a wheel. It keeps going around and around and around. Look at this in Hebrews 11. This is kind of a quick look at this text. And every, every time I put the word faith in, begin to think about prayer. Don't think about faith as this, this hopefulness out there, but think about prayer as part of the faith journey, okay? Look at this real fast. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Need, need, need to see something in your life different? Begin to pray about that something. Prayer works where you cannot see. For by it, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that when it was seen, it was not yet made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a, a sacrifice better than Cain, through which he obtained a testimony that he was righteous. And then just kind of passing on down to the back of this, without faith, it's impossible to what? Please God. Now, you can take this whole chapter, and I won't do it for time's sake, but read this later on. And as you look at the word faith, begin to lay over top of the idea of prayer, because prayer is a faith step. Prayer is faith. And when you pray, you're showing your faith. When, when you pray to God in heaven, you declare your faith in God in heaven. In that thought process, prayer is the intersection of our wills. All of us have a will. I have a will. You have a will. All of us have agendas. And guess who's at the center of all of our agendas? We are. I wake up thinking about me. You wake up thinking about you. Now, I know we will kind of fluff that off to go, no, we're more spiritual. I'm a giving person. No, you're, you, you think about you. I can prove it to you. Look at a family photo. Who do you look at first? <laughs> you're looking at you. And if it's a good picture of you, then it's a great picture. Yes. 
And if it's a bad picture, you delete that. I, I'm married. If it's a picture of me and my bride, and she's watching right now, if it's a picture of me and my bride, and, and, and I can look phenomenal, which doesn't happen a lot, and I can have the best angle, and it can be just the most majestic picture of me. But if she has one hair out of place, delete that. I mean, I get this, I get this good picture like four times in my lifetime. You always take good pics. This was my one moment for a good picture. And delete that. So we think of ourselves, so prayer is that point in which you start really to submit your will. Now, if you don't think this is true for us, it was true for Jesus. I mean, our takeaway from Gethsemane was the prayer line, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Now, let me say it to you this way. If you go to prayer and your will has never changed, go back and keep praying. Because for many of us, our prayers are just a manifestation of our will trying to conjure God into alignment with our plan, and then we get mad when it's not affirmed by him. It may not be his plan. I had a friend of mine tell me one time, he said, you know, he said, uh, and this, this will apply for our church because this applies, just listen to the story. He said, uh, he said I was in my church and we got a new pastor. Sound familiar? That's where we come into the picture. And he said, I begin to pray, God, this guy, he needs help. <laughs> well, and this guy needs help, I can just tell you right now. He said, I begin to pray, God, change him. He said, I prayed that for six months, and guess what happened? I said, what? He said, God changed me. <laughs> now, just think about that idea. You went to the prayer altar with a plan, and, all, and I've done it. I, I've went to the prayer altar with a plan. That I was like submitting my, you know, blueprint to the county for approval for construction to God. God, this is what I think you should do, and this is my plan, and I appreciate you giving the stamp on this, God. And it came back with nothing. Who's ever done that before? <laughs> Maybe sometimes in prayer life, in prayer time, it's not about getting God on our page, but about us getting on God's page. Amen. And so Nehemiah is an example of prayer because he had a passion for what God would will. And so why this works so well is because he was praying in alignment with the will of God. Now, the will of God is like a flowing river. God's will is going to happen. You don't ever have to lean back and go, I wonder if he will have his way today. He's God. He's, he's omnipotent. But watch this. The only detour to the will of God is us. And we either detour the will or dam the river back or it can't flow freely. And for many of us, God's trying to push his will through our life and we do things that puts a barrier there and the water's backing up. And so we see this idea in the story of Nehemiah that he was in line with the will of God. And, and we can look at the story. It's just a few chapters in the book. And so we can think this happened quickly and it did not. I mean, it was rapid certainly, but it was, there was time and space here. And so sometimes in life, we look at the plan of God and will of God and wonder, well, where's the time? How many know God has everything in his time? It isn't always my time. It isn't always your time, but it's always in God's time. And here's why I say that, this is, that prayer and faith go together, because prayer, listen close, this is in your, if, you're, if you're taking notes, write this down, prayer enables us to trust God. 
Prayer is trust. When you talk to God, what you're saying is, I trust you, God. When I pray to God, I'm submitting my will to his, and I'm leaving the results to God. And if I don't get what I want, what I desire, I still know he is God, he is good, he is loving, and he is what? He's faithful. And I know that. And so when I pray, I build my trust, and prayer, therefore, is evidence of both faith and trust, because faith and trust go together. Put it to you this way, you had faith that chair would hold you. That's why you sat down. I was in the staff, cha- uh, staff room uh, Tuesday doing a staff time, and they gave me a chair to sit on, and I be- and went like this, and it was just too, too, too wobbly. You get north of 250, you look at chairs closer, because there's a lot coming down. And I just said, we got to fix this. This is just not going to work. I had no faith, so I didn't sit in my seat. When you talk to God in prayer, what you're saying, God, is I trust you. The question is, can you leave it with God and still trust him? It's easy to talk to God, but can you leave it with God? You ever heard somebody say, I took that to God several times. Why'd you take it back? Just leave it with him. Now, I'm saying that, and I've done that. I've, I've I've prayed the same thing multiple times and thought to myself, why do I keep praying this? I've, he already knows. What I'm really doing is I'm trying to urge him along and satisfy myself in the meantime. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and what he will direct your paths. Watch this. How do we acknowledge God? Prayer. Prayer acknowledges God. Here's a couple thoughts on prayer, then we'll get to Nehemiah. Write these down in your notes. Remember, smart people do what? They take notes, that's right. And I have mine right here. That makes me smart. Number one, prayer internalizes and personalizes the burden. It's easy to have a burden. How do I word this? It's easy to be burdened by things that you're not truly deeply burdened by. Like somebody else's offense. But when you begin to pray about things, you start to internalize. What did Jesus do when he looked at Jerusalem? He wept internally. Like sheep without a shepherd. He grieved for them. He began to feel himself in their place. He had compassion. And compassion, the scripture really means to be in their shoes. Not just to be troubled by it or, oh, that must be inconvenient, but to truly have a sense. And so prayer helps us begin to internalize and personalize the burden, and that increases our ownership. That increases our part in the journey. We're all part of the solution, not just the problem uh, indicators. Anybody can point out what's wrong, but can you fix it? Can you solve it? And prayer helps you understand that this is deeper than just what I see. It's got to get with inside of me. And that's what prayer does for us. Nehemiah took the situation personally. He felt it. Second thought quickly. Prayer insists and inspires our heart to wait on the Lord, which strengthens our walk with God. Sometimes the best thing you can have is an unanswered prayer. Because it forces you back to your prayer bench. And it helps you build time talking to your father. 
I mean, just think about our microwave society. You want to do this one time and have the miracle, right? But sometimes the more you pray about it, the closer you draw to God. I think about Enoch in the Bible just walked with God and talked with God. And, you know, in Enoch, you know, he was, he was not because God took him. And so I don't know what happened there, but I guess one day they got closer to God's house than Enoch's house, and God said, I'm just going to take you with me. But he walked with God. And for many of us, our prayers are so short because we put it out there and walk away. Don't be afraid to continue to pray because sometimes God's using that window to draw closer in your life. And the unanswered prayer that we think God isn't hearing, God's enjoying the time with you. And God's talking to you, and you're hearing from him, and he's talking back to you, and your spirits are bonding closer. And so we know that sometimes I don't always get what I want, but he's still a good God, right? He's still a loving God. He's still a faithful God. And I know that, and so if I'm still talking to God, guess who's winning? I am. Because I can't pray and lose. I can't pray and waste my time. I can't pray and come out on the shore end because God's on my side. Here's a third thought for you. Prayer infuses the vision and inspires us to action, which empowers the results. That's on the notes on the, on the video. I think Nehemiah got the proper plan through prayer. It wasn't just through what I could see with my eyes. You know, we always have a point of view, but God has a heavenly point of view. I have an earth point of view, but God has an eternal point of view. I have a right now point of view, but God has a long-term plan. And prayer helps me get more in line with what God is trying to say and what God's trying to do, and that's how we win in the end. Here's a fourth thought for you, and we'll get to Nehemiah chapter 2. Y'all still here? Say yes. All right. Four, prayer initiates and increases our faith, which builds our trust in God. I want to encourage you, every time you pray, you're building trust in God. Every time you pray, you build trust in God. Nehemiah chapter 2. Get your Bible. Go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Let's pick it up in verse 2. The king said to me, "Why why is your face sad? Since you're not sick, there's nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, King, live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city that my, the place where my father's tombs lie is in waste and the gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? Notice this, the king says, what do you want? Watch what he does. He prays. I pray to the God of heaven. And, the, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servants found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Verse 6, then the king said to me, the queen by his side, how long will your journey be? Here's the plan coming out. And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Verse 7, a few more verses. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, here's the plan. Let letters be given to me for the governors of the regions beyond the river that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keep of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make the beans for the gate and the citadel which pertains to the temple for the city wall and for the house that I will occupy. 
And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I went to the governors in the region beyond the river, gave them the king's letter. Now the king has sent the captains of the army and the horsemen with me. What I want you to see tonight in the story of Nehemiah chapter 2 is that Nehemiah prayed, but he also had a plan. Now let me emphasize to you that you got to do both, not either or. Many people, and this will take us back to the first weekend together, forget that they have a responsibility even in God's sovereignty. Nehemiah prayed, but he had a plan. Nehemiah prayed, but he had a plan. Nehemiah prayed, but he had a plan. Come on, say, Nehemiah prayed, but he had a plan. God is not against a plan. It doesn't hurt to plan, but it definitely hurts to not pray. And the more you pray, the more you get the right plan. And the more you talk to God, the more you get God's plan. And the more you know what God's heart is and what the Word of God says, the more you can know what God's plan for your life would be. Our God's got this boards outside today, and one of my things I wrote tonight was God has, God's got a plan. We're not living this life aimlessly, just floating around. God has a precise plan for every person's life in this room, mine and yours alike. God doesn't have a plan for me and not for you. He has a plan for all of us. But we have to know what that plan is through submitting to the will of God. When we look at this story of Nehemiah, we first learn this, that the presence of faith does not mean the absence of a plan. Spirituality is not the absence of functionality or practicality. I've been in church my entire life, and I've seen some stuff. Anybody else seen some stuff in church? Yeah. You're afraid to raise your hand. Like, I always tell folks I wasn't in the war, but I've been in church. I've seen some stuff. I remember as a kid laying underneath the pews just watching, just trying to stay alive, thinking, everybody get down fast. It's about to get fun around here. I have zero issue with people expressing the Spirit of God in their life and the flow of the Spirit. I'm good with all that. But faith does not mean you throw everything else out the window. Look in the Scripture how methodical God was in creation. Look at the temple itself. How purposeful, how precise. Look at Noah building the ark. God gave detailed instruction. Look at Jesus performing the miracle of feeding the multitude. He put them in sections to feed them. Now, if it had been in many churches, they'd have said, just throw the bread in the air and everybody run around. <laughs> no, he said, you guys go sit down and go sit down this side of the group and a group over here. The, the, the scriptures full of the affirmation that God himself, he works through this idea of planning and process. Proverbs 16 says, the mind of man plants his way, but the Lord directs all of his steps. Here's a thought for you. God plan and a good plan is a prayerful plan. Don't be afraid to pray a good plan and a prayerful plan. I'll tell you this, God knows your prayer before you ask. How many believe that tonight? There's times that God is already working on your request before you pray it. I found that in my own journey in my life. 
I've had things I prayed about that just, I, I felt like God answered, but I began to think back, well, he knew this two years ago. I just said the prayer last week, but he knew it two years ago. And he was already at work in my life before I ever asked because he knows our needs before we ask. And so I can have that trust in God. So we know that prayer itself is part of the planning process. Proverbs 15 says, without counsel, the plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Here's a thought for you. Having a dream or a desire does not remove your need for authority in your life. I think one of the missing talking points about Nehemiah is how he went to his authority, how he sought their permission, how he sought their covering. I'm a huge believer in spiritual covering and spiritual authority. I, I, I can't tell you how much I believe in that. In this journey with my life coming into this new season of ministry here at this great church, when the Lord began to work in the situation, I began to reach out to my overseers, those who cover me in my life. Men of great faith. Men who know me, men who can challenge me, men who can tell me when to just sit down and close my mouth. And I have those kind of men in my life even today. Talked to one on the phone today. He's a Chiefs fan. I said, thanks for calling. I don't like the Chiefs. That's the first thing I said to him. He said, well, thank you, Marty. But I began to reach out and just say, here's what God is Here's what looks like could be happening. Pray, please pray. What, what do I need to do? Talk to me. Talk to me. Give me feedback. You tell me. Tell me what to do. I'm a believer that when God speaks to you, you draw closer to authority, not farther away from authority. Because God works through authority. When God's at work, we draw close to those who are listening to God. Well, pastor, the Lord told me to launch a ministry, but didn't tell me to talk to you. Well, that doesn't line up biblically. That doesn't align with the scripture. You want to get with those in authority. Well, what if the person in authority does this? Then God deals with them. God has a plan for all of us. I'm a huge believer that when you sense God moving in your spirit, you draw closer to those in authority, not further away from them. Think of it this way. How many in the house tonight, your parents, put your hand up power, you parented in, in your lifetime. You have kids. You have people that carry your last name, okay? You guys are afraid to raise your hand. <laughs> like you don't want to admit you have kids. I understand the dilemma. Um, as a parent, wouldn't you want your kids to reach out to you if, you're about to make a ma if they're going to make a major decision? Yeah, I talked to my dad about this church. I talked to my dad about the move in my life. I talked to my dad a lot. I believe in that authority covering. Amen. He's not my boss, but he's my covering. Yes. And, and spiritually, that brings the blessing of God. And so when we understand this, if we want our kids to talk to us, how much more should we be talking to God's authority in our life? Yes. And when you do that, you're always safe. You're always safe. Here's a thought for you. The idea of going rogue is not in the scripture. Right. <laughs> Nehemiah didn't go rogue. He went to the king. 
who really could have said, no, we ain't doing this. And then if he'd tried to do it, this was not a democracy, people. It had been done. Hebrews 13 says, obey those who are your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls. There's an amazing picture here in Nehemiah's life of someone who said, you're my covering, you're my authority. I need you to watch over me. Here's a thought for you. We're almost done tonight. We're going to pray. Drafting a plan requires being specific. Philippians chapter 4 says, let your requests be made known to God. Don't be afraid to be specific with God. Now, it may not manifest like you detail it, but don't be afraid to say, God, this is what I'm asking for. I'm a firm believer that God responds to intentionality in our journey and in our prayers. Now, here's a last thought for him, and then we're going to pray. If you guys want to get back up here, that'd be fine. We'll have a good time. I'm a little bit ahead of schedule. Prayer alone does not remove our will. Only submission and acknowledgement does. When I begin to pray and I approach God's throne, I've got to first and foremost be aware that I'm coming from my point of view. And I've got to be comfortable saying, like Jesus did, not my will, but yours. I've had countless people talk to me in their journey about prayers they prayed that never got answered, but they got a better answer. I was asking God for this, and God took me here. I was asking God for this, and I found it over here. I can't find anybody yet who prayed and got an answer that in the end and the long term wasn't better than what they had asked for. Let me qualify something, because this is a tension in the body of Christ. I kind of hit it on the weekend. It's a huge gap between how I see difficulty and how God sees it. I don't know anybody, including me, who hasn't prayed for somebody to be healed, and they didn't get healed. I've done that. I've buried loved ones. I've conducted many funerals, as you can imagine. And many of those people, I went and I prayed for. But I have to keep reminding myself that we're not really made for this world. We're made for a different place. And that doesn't mean to take away grief and pain for those who feel that. It's very real. But that's why you got to dig deeper into your spirit and keep leaning back into God. And by the way, doubt and faith can coexist. Sorrow and joy can coexist. You can have deep sorrow for a loss and be joyful for heaven. You can have regret and anticipation. King David said it best. He said, while the boy was sick, I prayed. I did all I could do. I fasted. He's gone. I'm going to shower, going to shave, going to throw a party. He can't come to me, but I can go to him. And so that's a heaven point of view. 
So please know that in the prayer talk tonight, it's different to each person, and I don't ever want to come across as aloof to where this may hit you different than somebody else. But my point tonight for all of us is to learn how to pray and have a plan. But be sure to pray the plan of God. Because his ways aren't my ways and his thoughts aren't my thoughts. And if left to me, I'll shortchange myself all day long. If, if I could have all I wanted, man, I'd miss so much in life. Because compared to what God has for me and compared to what God has for you, if we just get what we ask for, we're going to limit what God can give to us. I want you to come to your feet. We're going to pray tonight. And I want to kind of make this a time of impact prayer. And we're going to kind of do a, what we call a, I call it a concert of prayer. We all pray kind of out loud. I'm an out loud prayer kind of guy if it works right. I don't always do it in places it doesn't fit like in the restaurant. I don't tend to pray too loud. They may throw you out. But in a place like this, you're in a safe place of fellow believers and those that have a common trust in God. And I've learned this in my prayer life. If I don't pray out loud, my mind begins to wander. And it takes off in all kinds of areas. And in a few seconds, I'll be paying bills in my head. I mean, it's just how it works. I don't know about anybody else, but I'll start off to pray and then I'll get the oil changed. You know? <laughs> got to get this. Got to pay my kids' college tuition. Uh, God, I got to pray now. I got tuition to pay. So if you don't mind doing this, and I'm going to lead you, but I don't want to pray for you. Don't listen to me pray, okay? But let's kick off with just coming to the throne of God as a family of believers and just begin to submit our will. Let's start right there, okay? And then I'm going to come back to maybe a need you're asking God for. Many hands up earlier tonight. I didn't pray too long because I want to pray at the end of the service today. But we're going to come back to maybe a need you have or an area where you need God to work on your behalf. And then we will, having submitted our wills to God, we're going to go back to the throne of God and say, God, here it is. Okay? And, and then we're going to kind of come back and we're going to thank God. Because with thanksgiving, make your petition known to God. Is that fair enough? So let's lift our voice. Don't let me pray for you. I'm going to lead you in prayer, but please, you pray too. Let's begin to lift our voice for now. Just kind of submit our wills, okay? Father, I thank you that tonight I can come before you. And God, I submit my will. God, I have a will, I have a desire, I have a drive within my human nature. And God, it centers on me. I'm all about me. I think about me, what I want in life. And tonight, God, I just submit before you in this prayer time, this prayer altar. I just say, Father, not my will, but your will be done in every capacity. God, I submit my ideas to you, God, my drive to you. Everything is about you tonight, Father. And God, I know that if I'm left to myself, I will, I will do things in my own might, my own strength, God, and I will limit what you can do because I'm limited. God, I need help. I'm desperate. I'm lost. I need direction in life. And God, I come to you by faith and declare, God, that you're all I need. And so I know as I submit my will over to you and I lay it before you in this moment of prayer to you and just say, God, do what you will. God, do what you will with my life and do what you will with my calling and my purpose as a, as a man, as a husband, a father, God, a pastor, a friend. God, just, just take my life. It's all yours. Just take it as you will and do as you want with it, Father. I just give everything to you tonight. Come on, just give everything to God. Just give God everything right now. Your family, 
God, I give you my finances. I give you my health. Everything is yours, God. Everything is yours, Father. Whatever I have is yours for your glory, Father. My home, my vehicles, my clothing, my, my, my assets. God, whatever I have is yours, God, for your glory. God, nothing exists for me. It's all for you. And God, I just submit all that before you right now in this room of prayer. God, I thank you for it tonight. And God, I just pray by faith that you'll just take it as you desire. And God, I trust you. I trust that you have a plan that exceeds my own. I trust that you know better than I do what I truly need in my life. And God, just submit my will to you, Father. Come on, right there, just, just begin to say, God, I submit my will to you. Come on, just say, I submit my will to you. Come on, I submit my will to you. It's not about me, it's about you. It's not about me, it's about you, Jesus. I submit my agenda to you. I submit my plans to you. I submit everything to you. Now let's just take a, a, a shift right now. Let's kind of go over to a different angle of prayer. And let's begin to just pray for whatever needs you might have. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. And so right now we've already put our will before God. And let's kind of go back into that. And let's begin to pray what that need might be, okay? God, we just thank you. I'm going to lift your voice. God, we thank you tonight. We can come again before you with these specific needs, God. And God, in my life, I pray you sell a house. God, there's another viewing tomorrow. It's the second viewing, God, and I'm believing that this is it. God, I think you have a buyer already lined up for my family to sell that home and to make the final shift to our new assignment in life. God, I believe in my faith. I'm just counting on it. I'm calling it right now. God, I declare by faith that this is your, yours to deal with, God. This is something you have. You've got this. And God, I just declare by faith that you're able to do that, God. I just speak it forth and according to your word and your plan for our life. And I think you've got this all under your control, God. I rest in, in the confidence I have in you. And God, I pray by faith right now, God, that you'll meet every need across this house. God, there are those who are sick in body, those who need miracles in their life, those who need financial deliverance, God, those who need spiritual guidance, God. There are those tonight in this room that they have a specific need in a relationship, God. And I pray right now by faith that in this very moment, you'll begin to use this prayer teaching and this prayer moment, this prayer focus on that individual's life. God, you're able to do it. We declare it by faith. God, you can do it tonight. And we just lay it before you. Come on, just, just begin to lay that before the Lord tonight. Just bathe it before him. Put it out there. Call it out. Be specific. Be detailed. Just call it out. God, sell my house at the asking price or more. Either way. Just make it happen, God. Make it happen, Father. Come on, be specific. Tell God what you're asking for. Just tell him detail. He, he knows already. Just tell him. Just say it, say it like you can understand it. Just say it straight. Just say it straight. Now let's go into a time of thanksgiving, okay? The Bible says with thanksgiving, make your petition known to God. Let's just begin to thank God. God, we thank you right now that you're already working on our behalf. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice, Calvary Church. Lift your voice right now. God, we just thank you. I 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 just thank you. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. He's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for you. Come on, lift your voice across this house. God, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. We thank you right now. I just thank you, God, you're working on every need across this place. God, we have prayed tonight. We've declared tonight. And God, we know you've done it once. We know you'll do it again. We know you'll do it again, God. We know you'll do it again, God. We know you'll do it again. We declare it by faith. 
Come on, God, you can do it again. We count on you one more time to come through on our behalf. You answer prayer. We answer, you answer our prayers. You answer our prayers. Come on, lift your voice. about what you're praying about just keep declaring he's going to do it but be sure to declare God not my will but yours be done don't forget that part of the prayer time because all of us have a will I have to fight my will I'm, anybody here strong willed by chance every hand should be up it's called the sin nature We'll teach on denial next Wednesday. It's called the sin nature. And I have one and you have one, okay? I never know who's in a room like this. I want to end with a prayer for salvation. And if you're here and you say, Marty, I'm not fully assured that if I left this life tonight, I'd make it to heaven. And that's not an unreasonable thought. I, I understand that. But I'm going to tell you, you can tonight leave here with the assurance and faith and trust in Jesus. And so we're going to pray a prayer with you, a prayer of faith. And all you have to do is believe in your heart the words you're going to say in just a second. And then when you do that, you're going to receive a free gift called salvation. And then you start a new journey, start a new way of living. You'll still have challenges in life. You'll still have things you face, as all of us have. But what you'll have is a hope and a forgiveness of your sins. Y'all ready to pray tonight and say yes? Come on, say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I confess I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Tonight I declare you as my Lord, my Savior, and my King. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, give God a hand for saving grace tonight. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and recommit your life, while the folks go that way, I want you to come this way, meet myself, some of our staff. We want to tell you what's next that God has for you. 
I'll also tell you this, uh, I think a weekend or so hours, Pastor Jason, that not this week, but next week is baptisms. If you've not been baptized, you should be baptized. If you pray that prayer tonight and gave your heart to Christ and, and you want to get rebaptized, we would love to do that for you as well. You say, what do you mean rebaptized? Well, some lives require multiple baths. And it will, will hold you down a little bit longer this time. I'll tell you a true story. A guy I baptized a few months ago, he said, can you hold me down a little bit longer? He said, I need, I need to think through some things while I'm down in the water. I said, I said, here's what we'll do. I'll lay you back, and when you're ready, you just lean up, and I'll pull you on up. He and I had a plan. He didn't tell his family. You see the problem, don't you? Preacher takes him back. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three me. About an hour later, no, I'm joking you. They're looking at me like, did you forget the second part of this? No. And so he finally came up, and they were like, that was close. I'm like, I'm not going to drown if you're watching this. You know, no, he forgot to tell me. Anyway, get baptized. It's a game changer. Have that moment in your life where you draw that dynamic and say, I died to the old man and came back to life in Christ. It's a great moment in your life, okay? Let me bless you guys. Get you out of here tonight. Don't miss this weekend. You don't want to miss this weekend at Calvary Church. And then don't forget to be here next Wednesday night. Are you having fun on midweek services? Come on. You having fun? All right. Let me bless you. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love strain you. May his grace flow through you. And may never forget to pray. Not my will, but yours be done. Have a great day. Love you guys. God bless you. See you back here soon. Bye-bye.